0: All right, let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 8, I think we're down to verse 16. And I'm going to read, I think I'm going to read verses 16 through um, 24, and then we'll kind of talk a little bit. So starting in uh, verse 16, it says, but thanks... Be to God which put the same earnest care into the heart of Titus for you, for indeed he accepted the exhortation, but being more forward of his own accord, he went unto you. And we have sent with him the brother whose praise is in the gospel throughout all the churches, and not that only, but who was also chosen of the churches to travel with us with this grace, which is administered by us to the glory of the same Lord and declaration of your ready mind. Avoiding this, that no man should blame us in this abundance which is administered by us, providing for honest things, not only in the sight of the Lord, but also in the sight of men. And we have sent with them our brother, whom we have oftentimes proved diligent in many things, but now much more diligent, upon the great confidence which I have in you. Whether any do inquire of Titus, he is my partner and fellow helper concerning you, or our brethren, be inquired of. They are the messengers of the churches and the glory of Christ. Wherefore show you to them and before the churches the proof of your love and of our boasting on your behalf. And kind of in the in the verses 16, I didn't read all the way down through verse 5 and chapter 9, but really um, in verse, starting in verse 16 and kind of through verse 5 and chapter 9, Paul's given us insight in into the process you know we've been talking about this collection and giving for several probably for several weeks now but he's really given us some insight now into the into the process of overseeing how this collection or this offering was was being handled and Paul was he was really focused and we're going to maybe talk about that a little bit he was really focused um, that on making sure that there was a lot of care put towards this, how this offering was going to be taken care of, how it was going to be overseen. He he wanted great care and integrity in the handling of this offering. And we kind of see the comments in that in some of the verses I just read. Because he knew that there was plenty of folks against him and against the Lord. And he knew that the opportunity was there for men with will and bad intent to use it as a means to cast doubt on the ministry and to raise accusations, to question the process of how the offering was going to be handled. And he wanted the money, he wanted to be sure the money was handled carefully, you know. And it was needful then, and it's needful now. And I thought about how that, you know, we it's all of our responsibility, but then those of us that are in, maybe more so, in, in leadership of the church to make sure that the money that, that, you, everyone is entrusting to the church is being overseen and being managed and being accounted for properly. That there's a lot of trust. You know, we want... I mean, there's got to be trust around the, the giving of, of, of money. I mean, because when the Bible says the money's root of all evil, I don't have to tell you all, there's all kinds of stuff that can spring up when there's any kind of question or doubt or anything like that. And Paul was concerned about this. And um, there's got to be utmost accountability for the money. I mean, it's, it's God's money. You know, it's money that's being given to him on his behalf. And uh, it's, be, it's to be used to further the gospel. And the money's not to be spent for any other reason. And, you, and you, you may say, well, you know, are you telling me that every dollar that's given to RGT goes to further the gospel? I believe, yes, it does. I mean, and, and now, granted, you, you, we can. there's different things that it's given for or used for. But, I mean, even the utilities on the building. I mean, again, I've probably said this in the past. The utilities on the building are so we have a building to where we can come and meet and, and, and grow and, and go forth and, and do his work for him. And even, you know, in the in this instance when maybe there's a need within the church. You know, I mean, we've been blessed that there's not a lot of that. I mean, but when there is, you say, well, how is that really a furtherance of the gospel? That's the love of Christ, I mean, that's showing the love of Christ to folks. I mean, that's what we're supposed to do. So anyway, I think you get my point. So um, in verse 16, I like, I like how Paul, and, and of course I don't have to say this, but we get details. I mean, we, we're going to get a feel for how he, I think, how we can feel kind of the weight that he was carrying in terms of how he wanted to make sure that this collection, that this money was going to be handled properly. I mean, he was very concerned about it. And he says here that he was thankful in verse 16 that Titus, you know, God directed him, I believe. I mean, without a doubt, he had a desire to assist in the collection. And Paul gives thanks to God for this in verse 16. Then he goes on in verse 17, and he says that he accepted the exhortation. You know, he was glad he'd asked. I think he'd asked Titus to participate in it. And um, I think God guided both of these men in this effort. I mean, I think needless to say that they were both guided by God in this effort. And then we come down to verse 18, and I think it's interesting, he says, and we have sent with him the brother, and this, this person's not given, the name's not given. Now, there's a lot of people suggest that maybe it was Luke. I mean, there was all kinds of what I, little bit I read about it. There were several names mentioned, but it doesn't really matter, okay? The, the thing is we need to keep in mind, from my perspective, is this brother was someone that Paul had a lot of trust in. I had a lot of confidence in, and I'm sure that it was some it was someone that was very close to Paul in the ministry work. And regardless of who it was, they were known for their service. Otherwise, he wouldn't have chosen them. If they wouldn't have been known for their service, I I'm sure he wouldn't, they wouldn't have been chosen for this. Um, and in the second part of verse 18, this, look at what he says. He says, "Whose praise is in the gospel." "...throughout all the churches." And I, I thought it was interesting because how he says this. Let me just read the whole verse. He says, "...and we have sent with him the brother whose praise is in the gospel... ...throughout all the churches." And I, I thought, what what exactly was he trying to tell us there? And I think maybe there's two or three things, or could be more. Okay, But, but you could kind of look at it, I think. Either maybe this, this brother, maybe he, maybe it was Luke. Maybe it was someone who did write, had some part in writing in the Bible... ...when he says, you know, part in the, in the gospel it could mean that they just uh, preached the gospel. I mean, there was a lot of men around him that preached the gospel. Or it could be that they were just dedicated to the service of, of, of God's work in the gospel. So, I mean, I don't know, but, but no doubt they were involved very much in working side by side with Paul in trying to, to get the gospel out, to preach God's word. So we come on down to verse 19, and he goes on and he says, and not only that, or, and not that only but who was also chosen of the churches to travel with us, with this grace, which is administered by us to the glory of the same Lord and declaration of your ready mind. And he says, not that only. You know, <laughs> and I think that's, you know, he, he's wanting us to get a point here. It's like, look, th- these guys, this person, he, he he's worthy to go. But not only that, they were also chosen by the churches that are, in, you know, involved in giving the money. So, I mean, that to me, that's another, that's another foundational point for this. So it was notable that they were personally chosen by the churches. Um, when, when he says this, chosen of the churches to travel with us, with this grace. I mean, again, he, remember how he refers to this offering as a grace. And I just think, you know, what a privilege it is I've said it before, and y'all probably get tired of hearing me say it, but it's it's truly a gift from God. It's a gift of grace that we're even allowed to serve Him. I mean, in whatever capacity it is, whether to give money, to give ourselves, whatever. I mean, it truly is a gift of grace. And I just think it's interesting that he calls this, that he traveled with us with this grace. I mean, he's talking that this offering is by through the grace of God. is how it was collected. I mean, in God moving upon people, people having that desire That they love the Lord first and foremost. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. From the heart, a real love for the Lord, a real love for the Lord. So, as a gift from God through God's people. So, yeah, I thought about Paul, how just, again, what a heart and love for God that this man had. I mean, you just, I mean, you just think about it. And he viewed the opportunity to help. You know, he just he just had an opportunity just to take part in it. Just to just to kind of help coordinate it and oversee it. And that he considered that as sharing in God's glory. And I thought, you know, shame on me for not realizing just every day God allows me to share in his glory. Every day. Not not just here at church, but every day he allows me to share as being to be one of his children, to live for him. I mean, what a privilege it is. And and I just thought, for my mind and for my heart, just to get a little more of what God wants me to get from him. You know, I mean, shouldn't that be all of our desire? I mean, just to get a little bit more of what God wants, you know, for him to give to us. I mean, um, just a little more growth and a little more love that he wants to that he wants to give to me and to us so that we can do what he wants for him. I mean, what a, what a privilege, I tell you. What a privilege. So verses 20 and 21. And here's where we really we kind of see he's talking about the people that were involved, and there's going to be another person involved as well he's going to mention here in a minute. But I like how he stops here and he says, in verse 20 and 21, I'm going to read these verses again. He says, avoiding this that no man should blame us in this abundance which is administered by us, providing for honest things, not only in the sight of the Lord, but also in the sight of men. I mean, again, Paul was concerned. He, he, didn't, want any, he didn't want to have any doubt cast on how this offering was being handled, how it was being administered, how it was being taken care of. He didn't want any doubt. And he counted it an honor to help in the administration of this offering, but also felt the burden. I mean, there was a lot of burden and responsibility and accountability. I believe that he felt for this. I mean, and he knew, like I said before, that men would take any advantage to accuse and question the process. I mean, kind of the same today. I mean, you think, if there's an opportunity for somebody, to, for, or for a group or for individuals to, to throw mud at a church... I mean, they're gonna they're gonna do it for anything, and then certainly, if there's any kind of question around money, I mean, that just seems to always just set off all kinds of whether it's true or not. There can be a lot of bad repercussions from that, a lot of bad publicity. I'll put it that way. Paul didn't want that, and first and foremost, I think Paul was focused. Well, I know he was. I don't think I know he was. He was focused on pleasing the Lord and obeying His direction. He wanted to make sure that. He was hearing straight from God on this, which, I mean, not that he didn't do that in everything that he did, but he wanted to be sure that he had the right people involved. He wanted to be sure that the process was sound. I mean, he wanted to be sure of that. And because he knew it could impact the churches in a negative manner. He didn't want to have anybody any advantage to accuse and question the process. He wanted, every, he wanted to do everything in his power to ensure the highest level of accountability and trust in how this offering was being handled. I know I've said that before, but I mean that's why he's given us these verses here. I mean, I think he's gone into a lot of detail to describe how, how they were going about doing this. And um, he knew that he needed honest men, he needed trustworthy men to work closely with him to make in order for this to be accomplished. He knew that was, that was an absolute had to happen. You know, and, and you think about this, one person, he knew this. Paul knew this, one person should never be given responsibility for money, okay? You don't ever want to do that, okay? I mean, that's just, I mean, I, my, my accounting and budgeting background comes out here from what I, you know, what I used to do. And, I mean, you know, that, that tells me there's things called what they call internal control weaknesses, okay? And those are the things that you look for. You never wanted people to be taking money in, And at the same time, managing that money and and nobody else having any kind of oversight over it. That's just asking for for big-time trouble. And you don't want that. And Paul knew this. I mean, you think, you know, it's just, I just smile when you think that man has not changed one single solitary bit. I mean, since all the way back in Paul's time and even prior to today. It's still the same things that cause problems among men. And it's still, and men are still the same. I mean, it's just exactly the same. I mean, it's just, I just have to smile and think about that. But so, you don't put people in a position to fail, and that's what Paul. I mean, to me, that's what he wanted to make sure he didn't do here. He didn't want to put these men in a position that they were going to fail. He wanted them to succeed. And you know, it's it's not enough. I thought about this, and you can say, well, you know, the Bible tells us here that these were good men. You know, okay, that's that's good. But you know, it's not enough to have a conscience that's clear before God, okay? That's a good thing. We want to have a clear conscience between us and God, okay? And I mean, I've, I thought when I was studying this, I thought, you know, I've probably said it before or thought it if I didn't say it, and we've heard people say it, and maybe we've all said it, you know? Well, the Lord knows my heart, you know? The Lord knows my heart. Well, that, yeah, he does. I mean, that kind of goes without saying, okay? But that's not all that matters. It matters what do people see when they look at us, Okay, I mean, we're not trying to please people, but it matters what they see when they look at us, okay? And we've got to give no opportunity to man for them to insinuate that our conscience is not clear, okay? You say, well, you're telling me to worry about what other people think? No, I'm telling us we need to worry about what our character is, not just in here, but out there. Our character matters. It matters what we, you know, how we act. At, At home, wherever it is, it matters. And, um... We, we, I mean, the the enemy knows exactly how to to push our buttons, okay, for lack of a better way of saying it. And, you know, we don't have to be out on, certainly when we're out representing, I mean, on a, if we're out doing door-to-door, things like that. But, I mean, even at home, you know, we can be a, a negative impact on those that are closest to us, too, if we're not careful, right? I mean, we can be. And neighbors or whatever, I mean, so. But Proverbs... Proverbs, let's see, Proverbs chapter 3, says, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 3 and 4, says this. And I, li- I like this verse. Let me find it here. It says, and listen to what, what it says. It says, let not mercy and truth forsake thee, bind them about thy neck, write them upon the table of thine heart. And here's what verse 4 says. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God. Now, that's the most important thing. God's always first. But then he says, and man. So, I mean, we, you know, we, we're, we're, lit, we're to live the right way and have the right character, not just because we belong to the Lord, but because we need to be the right example to people, too. I mean, it's, it goes without saying, I know, but and it's important. And um, even Jesus even tells us over in Matthew, let me find it here, Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. He says, you are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill, "...cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house." And here it is in verse 16. "...let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven." I mean, whether we like it or not, we're an ambassador. We're a representative, you know, and and for us, my lost family, all of our lost family, our lost neighbors, we are the only Bible that some of them ever see. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's important. And, and that's getting back to kind of our lesson here. That's why Paul wanted to be sure. He said he, he didn't want to do anything. I think sometimes I, I lose sight, you know, just day-to-day life that depending on what I may or may not do may have an impact on some, someone whether they have a desire to consider going to church or not. I mean, and you say, well, that's not up to you. Well, yeah, it is a little bit. I mean, I can't decide for them, but I certainly don't want to do anything that's going to be a negative influence to them. you know? I don't want to be do anything to be a negative influence to them. So thats I think that's what Paul was getting at here is he wanted to make sure everything was was clear, open, but also a lot, a high level of accountability and, and responsibility around this. so <laughs> Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yep, that's a red flag for sure. So all right. So verse 22, verse 22, and then Paul goes on and he says, And we have sent with them our brother, whom we have oftentimes proved diligent in many things, but now much more diligent upon the great confidence which I have in you. And in verse 22, we see that God directed Paul to have three men work together in this effort to take care of this offering. And if I'm not mistaken, I think Paul actually went, as well, I'm not sure of that I have to go back and check my. I'd have to follow up on that. But I know that we've we've got Titus, we've got the brother that was previously identified, and we've got this brother. So there was at least three of them that were given a lot of responsibility to really oversee and take charge of this and make sure it was done correctly. And he says this brother had shown numerous times. That's what he tells us here in verse 22. Um, in the past, his steadiness in the service for the Lord. I mean, he uses the word oftentimes proved diligent. You know, and I thought about that word, diligent, that it means, like, to be constant in an effort. I mean, that's what diligent means. It means we don't, you don't just kind of, like, wing it once or twice and then say, well, okay, that's good enough, I'm done, and I'll move on to something else. Diligence means we stick with it. And, you know, to be, to, to, to exert, to accomplish whatever it is that's undertaken. However long it might take, that's what diligence means. You know, I mean, our walk... Our service for the Lord, it's until he calls us out of here. I mean, it, we're to be diligent in our service to him. Um, so Paul knew that this brother, that he knew this one, that this brother would stay focused, that he'd stay the course, and he'd do the right thing. And I, I think it's interesting if you, if you go back and look at Second Peter chapter 3, the last thing that Peter mentions, he's talking about growing in grace. But let me, let me get to this here. But he uses the word diligent, or diligence. Let me get it right here. Second Peter chapter 3, let's see, I think it was verse 14. Yeah, verse 14. He says, Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, uh, be diligent... That ye may be found of him in peace, without spot, and blameless. I mean, he's wanting us. I mean, Peter's. I just thought that's the last, this is the last few words that Peter gives us. And the, and the thing that he's saying is, stay the course. Stay the course. You know, stay and be diligent, keep going. And he's saying, and how do we do that? And he goes on down here and he says, an account that the long suffering of our Lord. Is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul. I like how he mentions Paul here. I really, I I just, I I probably missed this before a lot of times when I read this. He says, Even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest, as they do also the other scriptures, unto their own destruction. Ye therefore, beloved, and here's the key, seeing ye know these things before, beware lest ye also being led away with the error of the wicked fall from your own steadfast, steadfastness. I mean, to me, steadfastness and diligence runs, those, those are just hand in hand. We've got to stand. We've got to keep going. We've got to stay the course. That's what he's telling us. How are we going to do that? Right here he says, right here in verse 18, Grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. I mean you know I, I'm going to tell you all right now I got to I got to keep after this okay this doesn't just you say well you know you're you're not very good that's fine that's fine you know I am what I am okay but but I have to stay after it you know I mean I have to stay after it in my daily walk every day you know I mean there's times that I've learned okay I'm still learning I got a whole lot to learn but I can tell you one thing I got to stay with it i got to get i got to read his word every day if i don't bad things are going to happen i'm telling you you say you've got to say well maybe that maybe you don't believe that for me that's the case i need to read his word every day i got to stay in it because i got to keep growing because there's always something else that comes along that's a challenge that's an obstacle always and i got to keep growing i mean i got to stay in his word and keep going i mean and, and that's what we all do I mean, I think we all can attest to that, that we've got to stay in his word and keep growing. And how do we grow in his grace? By staying in his word. I mean, and that's, that's how we do it. But, you know, I think it's, it was a testimony to this, to this brother that said, you know, got great confidence in him because he was diligent in many things. I mean, he, he did the service that was expected of him, and he, he had a love for the Lord. I mean, I, I think that goes without saying all these men you don't, just, you don't have any kind of diligence. You don't, have any kind of, uh, you don't have any kind of witness. You don't have any kind of stand. If you don't have a love for the Lord to want to serve him, we don't have, a, we don't have much. I mean, we may have salvation, but I don't know where it's coming from, Tom, but it's coming. But we don't have anything. I mean, you know, it's, it's great to say, you know, I can sit at the house and say, well, praise the Lord, 27 years ago I got saved. But if I don't do anything for him, and I don't try to live for him every day, that's not what he wants. That's not what he wants. He wants. He wants diligence. He wants steadfastness. He wants growth. He wants us to grow in him. So, I don't know that. I got some thoughts, but I'll I'll hold them. I mean, to myself. But I mean, it's. It, I mean, I, the word "likes" is what comes to my mind. Likes towards his grace, uh, this like Tom said. But so, um, pro- let me give you one more verse out of Proverbs. I I've, I've mentioned this one a few weeks ago, Proverbs 4.23. I think this goes right in line with what we're talking about. Proverbs 4.23 says this, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. I mean, our heart, I mean, is, that's the driver. I mean, we can, we can say a lot of things about, well, you know, it's my mind, it's, it's this, it's, it's my life, it's, it's whatever. But really, when it all, what it all comes down to is, where's my love? And what's in my heart, and is that the thing that's really what's driving my service for the Lord? I mean, that's really what it comes down to. And that's what, when we're talking about diligence, um, it comes out of the heart. That's where it's coming from. So, and all the issues of life, I like the, I think the footnote down here, I think this was the one I was reading this morning, it said, um, the inclination of your heart directs your mortal life. I liked how they've used that word, mortal life. So our life right now directs our mortal life, but, and it determines whether you enter eternal life. Now granted, I know he's talking to the unbeliever there, but you think about that. That is so true. Those that don't want to accept Christ, it's their heart that they won't give over to him. When you think about that. I mean, I just I just thought when I read that this morning, I hadn't read that footnote before, but I just thought that was kind of, I kind of caught, but everything that we do in life comes out of our heart. Comes out of our heart, so. All right, verse 23 and 24. It says, whether any do inquire of Titus, I, I like these verses here. I, I, I like how Paul, he's he's given us, he, he's laid out the plan, he's talked about how these men are are chosen of God, they were chosen to the churches, they were, he, he's building us the foundation, and I like what he says here in verse 23. He, you know, I just kind of I don't know, I just kind of had to smile when I read this. He says, because he knew people were going to ask. You know, Isn't that isn't it the nature of people? Somebody always wants to, to ask a question, no matter how, how well you plan things out or whatever, there's always somebody around that wants to try to throw something at it to, to make it fail, you know what I mean? And he says here, whether any do inquire of Titus, he is my partner and fellow helper concerning you, or our brethren be inquired of they are the messengers of the churches and the glory of Christ wherefore show you to them and before the churches the proof of your love and of our boasting on your behalf and i thought what a great thing to be spoken of as paul's partner and co-laborer i mean just think about that but then i also thought you know what a great thing it is that we can say those of us that are saved this morning we're part of God's family. I mean, we're, we're co-laborers with Christ. I mean, the Bible tells us that. I mean, what a, I just think, I don't know, I think, I think this life that we live in, and this isn't in my notes either, and, and maybe I shouldn't say it, but I mean, I just think we are, the life that we live today, we're just in such a, an environment to where everything is so cushy and everything is so easy on us that I just think sometimes, I, you know, I, I don't have enough, I don't have enough reverence that there's people around me that are lost and going to hell and I don't have enough desire to want to live better for him, to, to witness but I mean I just it's just I just keep thinking about that word likes because these men these men were sold out to him, you know, and, and, and I'm not saying we're not, you know, but I mean it's it's something to think about. To think about how is my really how is my service, how is my diligence toward serving the Lord. But and I think this, I mean, I, I'm sure this past week has has stirred our hearts. I mean, given us things to think about. I mean, you know, because the as soon as Brother Kevin started on Monday night, I just thought, you know what, he, he's, he's spot on. I mean, it's all about our walk. That's where it all comes from. It's all about our walk. But um, let, me, uh, let me get this last thought here says uh, So we see Paul's con- he had confidence in Titus because he had served alongside of him. And again, what a compliment. And the other two brothers, they were messengers of the churches and the glory of Christ. And then Paul tells us what kind of men these men were. But you know what made them that way? What made these men, what made them that way to, to serve? And they were actively serving the Lord before this. I mean, that's the thing. God doesn't just kind of like randomly choose somebody that's just kind of like floating along, for lack of a better way of saying it, to do some special kind of service for him. Now, I, you know, Tom, Josh, y'all can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe he's, he's, he's looking for people that are, that are actively involved, loving him, doing things for him already, and then what's he want to do? He wants to grow us. He wants to give us more opportunities to grow. And that's, to me, that's what, these were the opportunities given to these men. So they were actively serving. He didn't just pick Titus randomly, and the churches just didn't randomly pick these these two men to go. They were all bearing fruit for the Lord, I believe, before this, and they were allowing themselves to be used prior to this this responsibility that came up because of this service of their service and love for God. They were chosen for this important work. I think. I mean, and that's to me that was the driver. So, I'll uh, I'll stop right there for this week and. We will continue on next go around next week.